Hello, come and join us for a tricky conversation. I'm Sandra, I'm black, and I'm here with my friend Sally, she's white. That's me. We've invited you to listen into our conversation because talking is our contribution to the Black Lives Matter movement. Black Lives Matter has shown just how much we must listen to and learn from each other. We wanted to do something real, and one thing we think we're not bad at is talking to each other about difficult stuff. Yeah. We wanted to show that it's possible to talk about our experiences of prejudice and discrimination without feeling like we're walking on eggshells. So we're going to talk about Sandra's experience of racism, my experience of homophobia, and see where it leads us. You're welcome to join us. So debates around discrimination are often framed by identity. And I thought that maybe we could start with the who am I question. Yeah. And it's a good place to start. And in terms of who I am, um, my definition of myself um, would be I'm a female, black African Caribbean in terms of my culture. And I choose that definition over being black British, which is a term that many second generation um, people from a Caribbean background would describe because I think that more and more the term my heritage as an African heritage is more of who I am rather than um, being black British which I don't think really defines me. Tell me more so what's what's wrong with black British then? Um, I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. Um, I see it more as a kind of nationality rather than a culture, in terms of who I am. You know, if I think about how I was raised, both of my parents are from Jamaica, and they were from in the Windrush generation. I grew up here as, inverted commas, a black British young person, but my identity in terms of how I grew up, my parents were very cultured in terms of where they came from, the food we ate, their accent, the way they spoke, their friends, their social life. And that's more of me. And as I was exposed more to understanding my background, my heritage and my roots and understanding that, it, it, that it's an African heritage that I have, I became more interested in that. And I could see that actually that's who I still am and I've tried to learn more about that and unfortunately I still feel like I don't know enough but I know enough to know that that is very important that part of my culture as being an African woman. Would you, is, is that part of the definition defining yourself as black? Yeah it's definitely part of the definition and I think that it's, it's a part of my definition, it's a part of my identity. It's not something um, that I can hide. So there are other things about my identity that I don't have to share if I don't want to. Um, that is something that, that actually I'm proud of. So being black is, is definitely um, an important part of your identity, my identity. When I grew up, I wouldn't have said I'm white British because I wouldn't have needed to say I was white British. And then as I got older and more conscious about racism, 
I wouldn't have said I was white British because I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't have wanted to appear to be aligned with the racist right who claimed, you know, white Britishness. But now I feel I ought to say I'm white British to acknowledge the privilege I have as a white British person. So it's quite, it's very complicated, isn't it? You know, a lot, lot of white people are thinking, well, what is this privilege that I've got? You know, maybe I haven't got a job. Maybe I'm not living in the house that I'd like to live in. And, you know, things in life happen to us all. We all experience bereavement and, you know, I didn't get that job or whatever it was. Or, you know, I haven't got friends. What makes white being a privilege and you being able to acknowledge that? And I just wondered what that meant for you, that privilege. Well... I'm a Catford girl. My parents had a modest income, but I went to a grammar school in the days when there were grammar schools. And so I travelled a few miles into Camberwell, where Brixton was closer to the grammar school than Catford was. Uh -huh. Not one single black girl was at that grammar school. That's white privilege. All right. Yeah. And that's, you know, by going to that school, I went to university, and in those days, if you went to university, the world was your oyster. You know, it just from that jumping off point, my life was changed. And not one of the girls my age who lived in Brixton got that opportunity. I, I never really liked school. I didn't enjoy school. And... Um... When I went to see the careers officer just before I left school so that we could discuss careers and or future prospects, um, I said to that careers officer that I think I would like a career in social work. And I didn't really understand much about social work, but I knew a little bit. I had a concept of what it would involve in terms of supporting and, uh, and empowering people in, in the caring field. And I was told that I should think about something that might be more realistic for me. And in actual fact, I was 16 years old. And when I was told that, that's what I believed. I believed that that was um, something that would be um, above my reach. So therefore, um, I had to think about something else. And so fortunately, I did go on to further education and it was college in, in those days and um, so I thought I'd go and do a business education course because then I could get a job as a secretary or in an office and that would be more in line with what I was capable of. And I, so many years later I think back about that and I think back at maybe how many black girls or black boys for that matter were not encouraged we know the figures, we know the facts now, but that's a part of my experience. Well, you've become a social worker, so that teacher was definitely wrong. I'm wondering, is there anything else you would say defines you? I'm a mother as well. I've been a mother for a long time. And that's also a really important part of my identity and my life experience. So it's really interesting that I'm also a mother, and it's also a really important part of my identity. But I generally don't say it to people until I know them, because as a lesbian, even though I have been there since the conception of my daughter, I'm not her biological mother. 
And so I feel like if I start a conversation about motherhood, assumptions will be made and I'll have to correct them and then I'm in a conversation that I don't want to have. And so quite often I avoid all that by just not mentioning it. And so it's, it's really interesting the way the two of us have this, these different experiences. You have to deal with people noticing that you're black. And I have the option of saying, of not saying I'm a lesbian. I have the option of not saying I'm a mother. Um, and it, you know, the cost to you is huge. The cost to me is internal, I guess. Yeah, and I, I don't for one minute um, think or not understand that an internalizing internalizing any um, kind of issue isn't something that's fundamental. But um, when there is a difference that's visible, we get put into boxes and because judgments are made about who we are and in terms of me being a black woman, those judgments and those assumptions about who I am they're normally negative rather than positive. So we're, we're already in that sphere of difference and what you can get away from and what you can't, isn't it? I, I was also really interested, well, I, in a way envious of your clarity about your cultural background, that clarity about, well, this is where I'm from, this is what made me, because mine is complicated. I've got an English father and, or had an English father and a mother who was Jewish from Middle Europe. And we didn't observe any of the Jewish holidays. So to that extent, I didn't have Jewish culture as part of my background. That's sort of those evident things of Hanukkah and Passover and all those kinds of things. But my mother's way of being was 100% Jewish. So, so it was, I was brought up within the Jewish culture, just not within those specific activities. And so that thing of having a mixed heritage, I, you know, when you fill in those monitoring forms, I always feel I ought to say British other, but it's too much. I think, oh, I don't want, complication of it so I just put white British <laughs> yeah. um, but I am British other really but it's harder again it's harder to define so what does it mean to be British other am I a mother in my eyes I'm a mother full stop but in other people's eyes am I a real mother these these things about identity are really tricky aren't they well, they, they are very um, tricky, Sally, and um, it's the reason we're having this conversation today. My experience um, of being, you know, a black woman um, is that society, it doesn't allow you to forget who you are. Um, it puts you in your place mm. and it sometimes puts you in a box not a box that you necessarily belong in. Lots of assumptions can be made about people. The examples that you gave about being a mum, about what people think about you because of your colour, your race, your class, 
um, your circumstances in life. And that's where we're leaving our first tricky conversation. Next time, we're going to talk about that troublesome question, where are you from? Thank you for listening in. See you soon.